If the economy is red hot or recovering or rebounding from the first half of this year's technical recession, then why are all the consumer price numbers heading lower? And in some cases, heading a lot lower. There seems to be another one of those almost commonplace divergences between one set of data and another set of data, which unfortunately has become commonplace during these types of periods where lots of people aren't really sure what's going on in the economy. Who do we depend upon to tell us what the economic situation, therefore the market situation might be, so that we can figure out what the next next couple months, at the very least, are going to look like? Well, today we're going to ask Mr. Stephen Van Meter for his opinions on if, uh, to start with, GDP, which looked, I guess, tremendously good. Uh, the BEA reporting yesterday, Thursday, that U.S. GDP was up at a revised 3.2% annual rate quarter over quarter, which compared to the second estimate of 2.9%, and the original estimate from a couple months ago, which was only 2.6%. So we've gone from 2.6% to 2.9% to now 3.2%. And remember, Steve, there was a time not long before 2020 when 3.2 was magnificent. So what are we looking at here with GDP? Yeah, that's a great way to start out, Jeff, because what did we hear the first two quarters? Hey, this isn't a technical recession, right? We heard Powell and his cronies say, look, don't worry about this. This is just an anomaly. I'm sure we'll you know, change the numbers later on and make it look better. We heard from the Biden administration, look, a technical recession isn't a technical recession all the time. There's sometimes it isn't. Don't worry about it. Again, the third quarter is going to look great. And sure enough, here it did. So perhaps this is the beginning of the next bull market. Maybe that was a soft landing. Maybe the worst is behind us. But there's a problem with all that, Jeff. And that's this company called S&P Global and their composite PMI, which has a really good leading indicator of GDP. And it kind of just says the fourth quarter, which is, I think, all that matters now, because all we're doing now is just looking back and seeing where, where were we in the third quarter. But going forward, according to S&P Global's data, it looks like we're going to see potentially either close to zero or maybe even a minus sign. Yeah, and it's not just the PMIs, though. I mean, Let's look at the GDP, GDP data itself, because what didn't change over the first and second revisions was where most, of, not mo the vast majority of that 3.2% gain, the now 3.2% gain came from, which was a sort of a unusual one-time historic quirk in net X or net trade, where U.S. imports had been declining and declining relatively uh, at a sharp rate because U.S.-based companies are saying, we're not, we're not sure we want any more inventory. At the same time, though, a lot of places around the world, including Europe, just started to really reopen fully from the pandemic restrictions. So we had U.S. exports absolutely surge during the third quarter. At the same time, U.S. imports were declining, which contributed almost three points out of that 3.2% gain, which, Steve, I know, I know you know this, uh, if people don't know, exports have already rounded the top and have started lower in the fourth quarter, which means net X is, well, depending on how fast inventory or imports fall, it may be that net X is actually negative, which erases that 3% there, which means we're starting the fourth quarter without the export boost, which kind of puts it in the same territory as 
where the S&P global PMIs are. So it's, if if we don't have the exports, then what what else is there? Steve, is, if we, you know, look at consumer spending. That's not all that robust either. No, and, and we're hearing from a lot of companies. We just got a report from Nike just the other day saying, look, uh, we're, we're cutting back our new orders. We're going to pare down our inventory. We just heard from FedEx, a great bellwether of where things are going. And even though they massaged their report to get their stock price to go up, the clear sign was, hey, shipping is going, you know, demand for shipping is falling, particularly overnight and international shipping. So there's a sense of urgency that you would say for inventory and parts and things coming out of Asia and other parts of the world to the U.S., that's declining would tell us that perhaps this, you know, like you said, Jeff, this demand picture is still on the downward trend. And it's not unusual to get one-off GDP reports. This, this happens, you know, from time to time. So if you're looking at this saying, hey, maybe this is a trend, now nah, you can go back in history and find out there's things in the crop industry that can cause one-off bumps. So this is not unusual that we see kind of an export boom here. Yeah, I don't think people know that too much because, you know, again, we talked about the technical recession, which there is no technical recession. Recession looks different all the time, but people have in their mind that GDP goes down and then just keeps going down quarter after quarter. You go back to the Great Recession, the 2008 recession, you had a you had a drop in the first quarter, then again, a pretty sharp one, almost 3% in the second quarter, and then the bottom fell out. Uh, the dot-com recession, the one before that in 2001. You had a drop in the second quarter GDP, then a rebound, and then another drop. And that was it. That was the entire recession. There was no two consecutive numbers in a row. So GDP tends to be noisy, which is why you got to look into the details, which I think, you know, Steve, you mentioned a couple of corporate reports. Not only did they say the macroeconomic conditions are weakening, they also said, which I know perked up your ears as well as mine, we need to accelerate our cost-cutting programs to get ahead of this uh, macroeconomic deterioration, right? So it's not just business is looking a little bit weaker. Business is looking a lot weaker to the point that we're reasonably sure we need to control our costs to get ahead of it, which you and I both know what that means. And that means more layoffs. Well, and that is a great point, Jeff, because, it, you know, a lot of people don't own businesses. They go to work for someone else. So they don't, they're not thinking about, you know, they, they do, they, their job might have costs involved where they're, you know, limited to a budget. But when you think about, you know, your household budget or if you're a business and you're thinking, I have to cut costs. Now, what would that in perspective mean is my thought that my wages are going to keep increasing is probably not going to happen. So I've got to cut my household expenses down. Or if I'm a business and I'm trying to pass on inflation, which is, of course, what businesses really want to do right now. And I'm kind of leading you right down the path to talk about where inflation is going here. But if you're hearing a company talk about cutting costs, it's because they are starting to come to the conclusion is they can't pass on higher costs. They're going to be stuck with the price level they're at, which is how inflation tends to work. It might go down a little bit, but it tends to be fairly sticky. And they've got to cut their costs to get their margins back in line. Of course, as you mentioned, Jeff, payrolls is the fastest way to cut a lot of people off. But I'm kind of throwing you a softball here because inflation is not heading higher. Yeah, so if the economy rebounded in the third quarter, like the like so many mainstream interpretations, now to be fair, there are there are actually a lot of uh, 
mainstream commentators who looked at the third quarter GDP number and said, yeah, there's a lot of one-offs here. This isn't actually great. But there are, of course, many others who said, see, everything's fine. Jay Powell, soft landing, all that stuff. But if that was the case, then why are consumer price numbers going lower? In, in, in the GDP report itself, it, just to be clear, I'm not saying prices are falling. We're not seeing that just yet. And we, it's a, you know, an open question whether we do. We're saying that, like Steve said, prices tend to be sticky. So when we talk about disinflationary pressures, it means at first prices are gaining, but gaining more slowly. So it's a second derivative type of thing. And in the GDP numbers itself, the overall PCE deflator was 4.3% quarter over quarter at an annual rate in the third quarter compared to the second quarter, where the prior two quarters were 7.3% and 7.5%. So a pretty substantial slowdown from the third from the second quarter to the third quarter. And remember, the third quarter ended in September. And the data that we got we've gotten since September for October, November leads us to strongly suspect. These numbers are only going to get better, meaning lower, as the as the as the months and quarters go forward. And I do want to mention before I kick it back to you, Steve. Here is that uh, services services prices in the GDP report five point six percent in the second quarter, down to five point one percent. So even in services, which a lot of people are talking about lately, there was a slowdown in the GDP price pressures there, and maybe most important of all, goods. Because that's where most of the consumer price uh, increases came from. According to the GDP's deflator, the goods deflator had been 10.6% annual rate in the second quarter, fell all the way to 2.7% in the third quarter. So according to GDP, yes, it was a 3.2% output gain, but all the prices have reversed and many of them have reversed quite substantially. Yeah. And so you think, Jeff, how we take this to the next step is why are we seeing layoffs in the services sector? And you kind of just hinted at it in a reverse way by saying, look, price pressures in the services sector are slowing. So if you hired on a bunch of people and of course, we know employees are your most expensive cost. They've all demanded raises. You know, there are other expenses. Health insurance has gone up. Benefits have gone. Up. I mean, costs across the board have gone up to have them and you're not able to raise your price fast enough, or perhaps you're seeing that there's pushback as you start to nudge it up, You've again, you've got no choice. And so it starts to make perfect sense why we're hearing companies lay off people. And I think as we get through this earnings season, we're gonna hear more and more either cost cutting, as you mentioned earlier, Jeff, or we're gonna hear about some more announced layoffs, or we're gonna get the suggestion of if this continues to slow, then we are going to ax a whole bunch of people because we have no choice. Yeah, I think that's an important point too, is the if part, that there's still a lot of ambiguity, not just in the data, but in in companies' uh, forecasting abilities or their confidence in their forecast, where they're saying, yeah, the forecasts look good to start the year. They don't look so good to end the year, but maybe just maybe the soft, soft landing could materialize. So even though they're relatively concerned and they have voiced their concerns publicly, they may not yet have acted. They haven't yet pulled the trigger and said, we actually do need to start doing something about it. But yeah, I think more and more you're seeing these companies say, we're more concerned now than we were a couple months ago, which again, speaks to the fact that something maybe has materially changed since the, sec since the third quarter ended, not just in terms of GDP, but also 
Today, we got the monthly price numbers from the PCE, again, the same folks, the BEA, which updated what, what the Fed claims is its preferred measure of consumer prices, the PCE deflator. Um, the overall deflator was up 0.1% month over month, which was the lowest in of quite a while, a couple months uh, there. 5.54% year over year, which was the slowest since October 2021. The core rate, which of course that's their that's what the Fed looks at, that rose just 0.17% month over month, along with July's 0.08. Those are both the lowest since November 2020. Um 4.68% year over year in the core rate, which was the lowest since October 2021. So we've already got you know, second second to third quarter prices slowed. Then into the fourth quarter, prices are, price pressures are slowing down even more. Put that together with what Steve's talking about. Companies are concerned about their overall cost structure, but really revenues too, right? This is all about revenues and margins. And it doesn't look like the economy is 3.2% GDP from here on out. It looks like we're... we're we're actually going in the other direction. Yeah, and this is how things should happen. You, you normally see inflation start to pick up from wherever it's starting. Generally, isn't coming from uh, wage growth, even though that's kind of where you kind of would like to see, you know, wages rising and then people spending more money. But in this case, we had obviously the pandemic that fueled inflation through unprecedented monetary and fiscal stimulus, and that forced employers then to raise wages. So you think about why they're not laying off, and we can look, Jeff, as you know, in the initial claims data, it's right hovering right back near 200,000. So it's kind of this, you know, people are perplexed. It's like, okay, the economy's slowing, I hear what you guys are saying, and people aren't laying off, and yet companies are acting kind of wishy-washy, a little nervous about how things are going, but being hopeful, what's the deal? It's, it's real simple, is these companies hired on a bunch of people. They spent a lot of money training them. And now to turn around and get rid of them would be a huge risk because if we do achieve the soft landing, and, and we have to assume that it is a probability, I will assign, and Jeff, maybe you'll agree with me, a very small probability, but hey, things have happened, you know, you never know. Maybe they get this time right. But if the companies lay people off and the economy turns around, now they're back starting over again. And so they're going to take it on the margin initially, look for other ways to cut costs, but don't expect them to drag this out for six or nine or 12 more months. If I'll, I'm going to go online and say here, Jeff, that if in three months we don't see kind of a remark turnaround in the economy, I'm going to go with the fact that laughs are going to start to accelerate. But for the moment, they're not. But when they do, watch out. Yeah, I think that's probably real. I mean, the biggest issue here is what you just said, that, you know, companies are reluctant to get into mass layoffs. That's a last resort kind of a tactic because you don't want to... You, as you said, you know, labor is not just the biggest input cost. It's it's a, it's a huge investment, and companies don't want to just hey, I, I paid all these people to train them. I've I've said I've given them benefits. I've given them wages. They actually fit into the corporate environment, and if if there's any chance whatsoever that this downside that appears likely doesn't happen, 
I'm going to need this workforce to take advantage of what would be a relatively robust recovery. So until I am absolutely positively 1000% sure that things are going in the wrong direction, I'm going to hang in there as long as I can, as long as shareholders don't revolt and stock prices don't tank. There's really no other pressure for companies to act. But yet, as you were saying, Steve, a lot of companies already have. And then they haven't acted in sort of the mass layoffs we all associate with major recessions, but it shows that they're starting to believe the worm has turned, the opinion has changed, where maybe in the third quarter, people said, okay, I'm a little bit nervous. But in the fourth quarter, they said, yeah, this, this, the economy is going in the wrong direction. So I'm going to begin taking modest steps to control costs, which is what we're hearing from companies. And one last point before I kick it back to you, Steve, is that when companies say they're going to lay off people, that doesn't mean they do it today. That just means that they're planning to do a re restructuring, which probably happens in a uh, couple months down the road. So even before we get to the rest of the businesses who are going to agree that the economy is in the wrong direction, we still have to see November and December's layoff announcements actually become real layoffs. They've really been just announced. And then we have to get through all the severance packages and everything else. There are lags upon lags upon lags here. And the bottom line here is that I think in the real data, as well as in the market perceptions, we look at some of these consumer price numbers and they're moving down for a specific and a tangible reason. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. And I think it's all going to come down to the consumer. We got the conference board, consumer confidence survey. It ticked higher. University of Michigan was roughly, we'll just say unchanged from its already fairly low levels. Regardless of where those are at, and we talked about in the past how the conference board survey usually catches down to University of Michigan, but you never know. Again, we can talk about stranger things happening. I think it's all going to come down to, and I think it all really matters, did the consumer spend big over the holiday season? So far, the data is not clear that that happened at all, but maybe they come out of the into the new year and spend, and that's what companies really need right now. They need their inventory to draw down, and they need it to draw down fast. The faster that inventory comes down, the factories can then ramp back up. Everyone keeps their job. If these inventory levels hang, I want everyone to realize this. Keep in mind, new orders are going to get cut, and eventually layoffs have to follow. There is no other way. So I'm really watching, I know, Jeff, you are too, is what happened I'm, I'm in these earnings reports. Where are they at with inventories? Are they getting them down quick enough? We'll see. Now, this video won't be coming out until Monday. So I'm going to wish you a Merry Christmas, Steve. But it'll be, it'll, by the time anybody hears this, it'll be, it'll have already happened. So we're kind of, we're kind of transporting and time traveling here. So Merry Christmas. I hope you had a good one. Yes, Jeff, Merry Christmas from our future selves to our past selves. We wish all of you a Merry Christmas, too. And, uh, Jeff, it's been great, and uh, we'll see you next weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy Hanukkah. And why not? Because I don't know when the next video will come out between the two of us. An early Happy New Year to everyone as well.